This is Biz. I'm a part-time working mom with two full-blown kids. And I'm Teresa. I have a family business, two young kids, and a toddler. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on One Bad Mother, if only I could be in a minor accident. Plus, Biz thanks social media. Teresa discovers that at the end of the tunnel, there's more tunnels. And we talk to Nidhi Chanani about her debut graphic novel, Pashmina. Woo! Uh, hello, Teresa. Hello. Before we get going, quick thing. At the end, like tomorrow, basically, two days from the day the show airs. So this comes out on Thursday. Mm-hmm. September 12th is when this show will be out. Mm -hmm. And two days later, we will be in Boston. Yeah. September 14th with the lovely Liz Sauer of Ghost in the Burbs. I cannot wait. I can't wait. (laughs) I can't wait to come. Yeah. I want to be there now for like a week. 7 p.m. at City Space. On Saturday, September 14th, you can get your tickets at OneBadMotherPodcast.com. Click on the live shows link. It will take you to your tickets. To paradise! (laughs) That's where it will take you. Teresa? Yes. How are you? Oh, I... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um... Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Things are fine. I am just... (sighs) <sighs> catch it like my brain needs yeah. to catch up to school year mornings yes it's tough I agree like I because my family is so like my kids kind of need that structured schedule anyway I was sort of lulled into feeling like things weren't that different in the summer because <laughs> like we still kind of have the yeah. same morning routine as far as like who get you know right what, getting ready and all that but it's really different. I mean, Grace, <laughs> is. Grace gets picked up at 6.55 so, on school mornings. Yeah, yeah. So I know. And then, you know, and then it's Oscar. We have to leave by like 7.25 to get mm-hmm. Oscar to school. And then Curtis is after that. It's just, it's it's going fine. It, uh, actually, amazingly. And you know what? I should have prefaced this by saying I'm amazing. Yeah, you're great. I'm doing great. Yeah, you are. You know, we're a couple weeks into the school year and like we're doing it. Yeah. You know, and it's so hard. Yeah. But like what what I'm I guess grappling with <laughs> is the idea that this is like every day for the next nine months. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like just the after like I can do it for like a morning. Like Monday yeah. morning. I'm like ready. We get we're everything ready, ready the night before. We're ready to go. It's like this big thing, this big hustle. And then the next day we have to do it again. Yeah. And by like three days in, I'm tired. Oh, I'm not, yeah. I mean, I'm tired generally, sure. but like that like crunch of getting everybody where they need to be and then getting everyone back and all that stuff and yeah. all the different things they need with them and blah, blah, blah. And like none of it is routine yeah. yet. Like eventually it will be, but it's not yet. Sure. It's so much. It's so and much. It's, I'm so tired. And it's not like it's relaxing. It's no. like a crisis every morning. It's like it's like level crisis yeah. energy yeah. every morning yeah. because it's 
you've got to be like up and ready to go and get them going. Just like very alert. Yeah, like you have even to be... if I'm not freaking out, sure. like even if I'm doing good, right. I just have to no. be on it. It's like, like on it. Getting to the airport with all yes, your kids. Yes, it is exactly like it that. Is, that's what yes. I. That, that's the level of crisis. Yes. We're like code yellow at this yeah, point. Code in time. yellow. Yeah, it's like trying to get to the airport. We have to kind of stay positive. You know, yes. I mean, it's just a lot of energy you're pulling. Yes, and you have to do that. Every day. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah, it is. Let's all think about our mornings together. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for shining. Is that the light that's at the end of the tunnel? The one that shines on the monotony of parenting? God. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. How are you? (laughs) So, I'm all right. (laughs) I don't, whatever. Everything's. Uh, I beg to differ. You do matter. Okay. How you're doing matters. It matters. I'm asking how you are. Tired. Okay. Uh, constantly trying to figure out my new purpose in life okay. as my children get older. Okay. Trying to find a balance between jobs and duties at home and with the family, the family role and the biz role. Mm-hmm. So that's always going on in the background. Mm. So I go, I was doing the check-in on the phone and you know how on Facebook it's like, do you remember this or do you remember this from five years ago, <laughs> six years ago? And it is, it's definitely before Ellis was born. So Katie Bell, I, we had clearly just moved out here. We'd maybe been here a couple of months and we are doing a hike and we're stomping around this hiking area and she goes, what is that? And clearly some teens or somebody <laughs> the night before it was like a full pentagram, like, 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 you know, made out with like spray paint, like mm. white spray paint. Clearly, there had been some fun teen summoning the devil ritual or whatever mm-hmm. happening that night. And so Katie Bell goes towards it. I'm like, oh, God, don't break the lines. You know, that could possibly release something. But apparently what I said to her when she asked what it was, was, was oh, somebody did some camping. campsite we shouldn't mess with somebody's campsite in case they're planning to come back or hell mouth opens yeah so that was really fake social media because i don't think i ever printed that picture out no (laughs) i'm like i gotta go back see if i can find that bad boy yeah save that for the thank you page in the back you of the yearbook, you know, like whole journal. I should, you know, like how people get yearbooks, and there's like the year they're graduating, parents can buy a page or yes. an ad, and it's got pictures, and it's yeah. like we love you, yeah. good job. Yeah, I clearly think pentagram, yeah. pentagram picture. I now have a goal. Yeah, throughout the rest of Katie Bell's <laughs> high school, <laughs> high school career, <laughs> to save pictures like that. Mm-hmm. To put in there. <laughs> Sounds like we both need a break, though. Yeah, which, I think so. I think so. Which ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today, which is, if only I could be in a minor accident. <laughs> Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. 
Teresa? Yes. Today we're going to tackle something that I honestly think has gone through the mind of every parent at some point. Mm -hmm. And that is, you are so tired. You're so done. The light is never at the end of the tunnel. And you think, I just need a break, like a real everything gets shut off break. The only way I'm going to get that is to maybe get hit by a car. (laughs) (laughs) Our truck are like maybe some way to get injured, Mm -hmm. not severely, but enough where maybe you have to be in the hospital for a week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And this is so fucked up. It is. And I don't even think I thought it was that fucked up in the early days Mm -hmm. of having this thought with real littles. Mm -hmm. But as we have worked on this show Mm -hmm. to really identify the fact that we are a self Mm -hmm. and we deserve breaks, the fact that I would still even like have this thought is screwed up. I mean, you've had this moment, right? Am I crazy? I've had a version of this There are many versions. But I... I want to acknowledge like a slight difference, Mm. which is that for me, I have been as a parent throughout most of parenthood (laughs) so deluded into thinking that I am the only person who can care for my kids. Yeah. That the idea of something happening to me, even for a couple of days that would make me unable to care for them, is really terrifying. Like the idea that I would even get like a stomach illness, which has happened. When that happens or when I'm really out of commission, it truly scares me and makes me think like, well, there's no like... Nobody, how will we ever yeah, how, get through this? Right. Like, I, I'm, and it's that, it's it's a similar thing, but it's also, it's the same kind of fucked up thing, which yeah. is this idea that there's no village. It's no. just me. And I'm the only one who can do this. My partner can't do it. Nope. My parents can't do it. My friends can't step in. My siblings can't step in. There's really just me and it has to be me. Wow. This is good stuff. There is, you're, you've got a, we're just ripping the onion wide open right away. And I, which is great because I think that, I think that's the unsaid sort of narrative behind the, I wish I could, you know, and let me know, it's not just get hit by a truck. I think when our darkest moments were like, If I could just break a leg, yeah. you know, it's break a leg, break yeah. an arm. Or if I did, there'd be, I would have, have to take to, a break and yeah. then I wouldn't have to decide. Yeah. And, you know, getting really sick, getting really, yeah. because all of this is, I think there are two main things going on here. One is that, which I had not acknowledged or thought about, but that ties in this notion of if anything happens, no one can do this yeah. but me. Yeah. And I think tied into that is that is why I can't ask for a break. Because the whole point of this, the whole reason this is so fucked up is that we feel we cannot ask for the break that we really need, which it sounds like is one to three days completely 
free of the parenting responsibilities. Right. Right? A real reset. We can't ask for that. Yeah. So we're too scared to ask for that or feel we aren't worth asking for that Mm -hmm. or that no one will give it to us. Mm -hmm. So we have to eliminate the choices of others by getting hurt or getting sick. And what's really fucked up about that is Teresa and I both have had situations in which we were out for like minor surgeries or, you know, anything like that. And it wasn't a break. It's never a break. It's not a break. You're the reason. Yeah. Yeah, the reason you're, you're out of commission is because you're out of commission. Yeah, because you're, you're healing. Yeah, you're in yeah. pain. Yeah. And when I was recovering from a couple of surgeries over the last couple of years, my kids always still come in. Yeah. They always still come in. Right. There's always, like, I'm doped out on different, you know, pain medications. You know, you can't eat. You can't enjoy anything. Right. And for lots of us, when Monday rolls around, yeah. that's it. Yes. We still have to figure still, things out. Yeah. We're still in charge of figuring out how people are getting right, to school. Right, that's true. Yeah. We even are, if we're not driving. Even we if we're not driving. Figure it out. Yeah, we have yeah. to figure out because, you know, maybe it's us who knows the friends who can maybe do the carpooling or the pickup, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. we. I mean, like, that's still a lot of work. You still have to, like, are there groceries in the house? It, it still ties back to the, well, the only person who can do this is me. Right. Right? And those are two really fucked up. Things happening there. Yeah. Like narratives. Yeah. I can't ask for help or break. And that is because no one can do it but me. Yeah. Huh. So I think there are, for me, there are two evil (laughs) things that go hand in hand that create this dynamic. Okay. One is still, if I'm being honest, struggling with. That I have worth as a human mm. outside of serving others. <laughs> yeah. That I, like, that all my self-worth comes from being a wife and a mother mm-hmm. and other things to other people. But, like, that all my worth is tied to other people right. and the things I do for other people. Not just who I am or what I do for myself. Yeah. And then the other piece of it is... This idea that things have to be perfect for my kids all the time. Mm. And I don't say that with judgment or contempt. No. Because I think there are actual reasons that I try to make things perfect for my kids all the time. Yeah. And when I say I try to make things perfect for my kids all the time, that doesn't mean that... I don't ever allow them to be bored or unhappy, but I try to control the times that they are bored or unhappy. Like I try to like make their life what I need it to be. Yeah. And so, and also as part of that, like because my kids have varying levels of needs, if something isn't perfect in my definition of perfect for one of my kids Mm. and things go crazy, that is very stressful to me, whether I'm there or not. Right. Again, probably because of my worth being tied to my children and like their happiness and what I do, you know, the yeah. kind of life that I help provide for them or whatever. I mean, no wonder we have anxiety because yeah. we're trying to control everything all yeah. the time. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. 
And so if I were to choose to step away, mm-hmm. it's like choosing to not have things be perfect on my terms of like what is perfect. Right. You know, it's like when I am like giving instructions to somebody who's taking care of my kids, there's this part of me that's like, you could just not say all this stuff and this person <laughs> will just do whatever right. they would do in that situation. Yeah. And the kids would figure like yeah. figure it out. But like that <laughs> so then that's a decision I have to make because I'm like, well I know that this isn't gonna go well. Like I wanna help them succeed. Yeah. I wanna help this go well. But then I'm also like, really though? Like that that takes a toll. Like being in charge of all of that when you're not even there and you're not even the person. Like, yeah, what well, goes to that question of who is this list for? Right? right. Is it so that you can go out and enjoy yourself? Yeah. Because you feel like you've given yeah. all the things that you would do. Yeah. And this person has said, yes, I'm going to do all these things. Yeah. And you're like, ah, I can now go out and relax. Yeah. Right? Like, is that actually better? No. Than, I like, think, I mean, who you know? knows? I mean, yeah. I don't know. You know, yeah. I'm a big proponent of whatever helps you get out True. or whatever helps you yes. sleep or whatever, whatever it is that you need to do. Yeah. That is fascinating. And again, it's the narrative that we don't look at because we're so expected to just naturally absorb it, right? Like we're so naturally supposed to be, obviously, our who we are is caregiver, right? And I think that goes hand in hand with the, I have to make things perfect because if they're perfect and no one's yelling and no one's screaming, that means I've done a good job. That's validation that I am a good caregiver. Yeah. And if things are going crazy... I'm going to get fired. Yeah. But then I can finally write that novel and go on a <laughs> backpacking right. trip through, you know, right. the Himalayas. Right. But, yeah, that is so interesting because, I, for me, my mind goes to the, I want to get hit, you know, stopped or, you know, put out, a, <laughs> put out a commission. Yeah. So that I don't have to think about all those details. Yeah. Like, it needs to be so strong. Yeah, that you need to be taken out of the picture. Taken out of the picture. Yeah, you, like, like yeah, because it's, it's the emotional labor, right? Like right. The, it's definitely the planning and the being president of everything. Yeah. yeah, you have to be so gone. Yeah. that you can't allow yourself to go there. Yeah, and like, you can't be, and nobody would bother to be like, "Well, do you think we should?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't bother your mother. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is so, and so much of this time, yeah. like, I'm listening to you talk about that feeling and I think it always goes back to the you know I I spent the first three to five years of their lives doing stuff for them because they were incapable of doing yeah and so that's a that makes you feel really important whether you want to be doing the work or not that's true you're needed you are needed yeah and that I think feeds into the what is my worth if I'm not taking yeah. care of them? Yeah. And uh, it's it, it's the same thing that, like, you know, when I go through with, like, Katie Bell, she's really, you know, 10, not 8. That's my new thing I have to remember. She's 10, not 8. As she's starting to push boundaries and explore and do things, 
I want to still micromanage all the things, you know, like, why aren't you looking at these clothes as we go out, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can go and look at anything you want, find something you like. Five minutes in, I'm like, what about this? Mm. What about that? And it's because, like, I try to forgive myself and I tell her... Hey, look, I yeah. for a really long time I was in charge of some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I is a hard habit to break. Yeah. And but, by the way, the fact that you're doing that now is like really great considering <laughs> I think like a lot <laughs> a lot of parents still feel the need to I do their still kids feel the need. I still feel though. it. I just I know, I'm just saying like not I'm everybody t- would be self-aware about trying to step back from that. Guys, my magical gift is horrible paralyzing self-awareness okay. <laughs> Me too. so like even though my big struggle is not wanting my worth to be mother wife right, right. like yeah. i'm like constantly searching for a different worth out there yeah. that like yeah. identifies me that doesn't eliminate that same thing of yeah. no one can do this yeah but me it's just an excuse to not go out and pursue the worth Right. Right. When can I take the break? You know? And so, oh, what? No, I just just had had a look of self-discovery. I did. I did. Because, okay, think about it this way. If we go away Mm -hmm. for a trip. Yep. All of the, like, deciding that we're going to do that, like, like, if we want an actual break and we want to leave our family for the weekend or something, just us, like, like we're about to do this weekend. Like, we're about to do this weekend. (laughs) Okay, but say, like, we're we're not hurt. We're just deciding I need a break. It's not yeah. for work. It's not for anything. It's just I need a break. I'm yep. going to take some time to myself. Number one, we have to get to that point. We have yeah. to ask for that. And we have to do all the planning around ourselves being gone yes. to make sure everything is covered, all the stuff we're missing, blah, 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 right. blah. So it doesn't really change anything about our, like, what's on our plate. Nope. And it doesn't change anything about our self-worth being tied to making sure everybody is cared for. It's just we're not the ones actually there physically with them. Right. Versus, like, when you're hurt, like, it's different from saying, like, I wish I didn't have kids for a week. Well, Because you still get the love. Like, you still get to be yourself, be a person. Yep. Have your kids love you. Be a mom to, like, you're still the mom. Yeah. You still have this family that loves you. Right. You just can't think about any of the, like, stuff you're normally supposed to be thinking about. Sure. So it's like, it's it's not even just, because I think when we originally first started talking about this topic, in my mind, it was mostly, like, the idea that, like, we can't bring ourselves to take Take a break decide to take a break we somehow don't think we deserve a break and that's why we're not doing it but I actually think it's this other thing more which is that a break doesn't always feel like a break if you're in charge of arranging everything in order to take the break right but if you're hurt (laughs) yeah but and you're gone and you're just suddenly gone yeah you can't you you get the break without Everybody you get an else. actual break. You get a, a president of everything break. Yeah, because everybody has to jump into emergency mode right. to make it work. Right. And that is if you have a partner or, or family nearby or a friend. Right. Yeah. Because, see, for me, even in the recovery phase, like even like when it's like the day after a surgery mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm out, there's yeah. no, I still by like day two, yeah. I'm like, 
thank you. I'm so sorry that I can't. Yeah. You know. Oh, I'm, yeah. You're doing so good. And yeah. You know, I can't even yeah. enjoy rest. I mean, it's taken me. I've yeah. had multiple surgeries on my mouth over the years. So, like, why did it take me the last, you know, the last few to be like, you're good. I'm not going to think about yeah. it. I'm really going to sit here. I'm going to take the extra day that I always usually get up and then feel like shit. Yeah. I'm going to really take it and stay in it. Yeah. You know, because again, it ties back to that guilt of you shouldn't have to do all this horrible, shitty work that I just <laughs> do for free every day. <laughs> all right. I just want to end on this. Let's pretend we don't have all these other issues. <laughs> And we are in the moment of the, okay, I, I need a break. Mm-hmm. Like, what are thoughts on, like, what would be a good scenario that would give you the break time <laughs> as well as the mental freedom, uh-huh. right? Like, yeah. I, I will say I don't want to break anything. Okay, yeah. I don't want anything broken. Yeah, I need I really my wanna... feet for yeah. running. Like, I don't want anything to come back and... Yeah, I don't want to be, like, in a hospital. <laughs> that's oh, not... you don't want to be in a hospital. That's not fun. Because I was going to say, like, a, a appendicitis. Oh. But I, I already had my appendix yeah. taken out. But, like, can't that was now. Like, I can't do it again <laughs> unless I try to trick someone. Into oh, no. I think it must be, so maybe you should check. Check it. Maybe there's a piece of it still in there. <laughs> it's just floating around in there. Like, I feel like that was pretty good. Yeah. But I guess it's probably pretty dangerous to have any surgery. I know, because, like, I am sure, because, again, (laughs) as a person who's had multiple surgeries, it's not fun. No. You know, like. But none of these things are fun. None of these things are fun. Like, you could break an arm, but if you break an arm, you know you're back in the kitchen the next Next day. day, Just figuring out how to cook with one arm. Yeah. I can still hug you with this arm. Yeah. Oh, that's why this is so fucked up. It's really because there up. is no good way yeah. to take yourself out of the game, yeah. other than asking, and that's terrifying. Yeah, or telling, or telling, asking, or telling. What's better, getting hit by a truck, I guess- asking for a break, or telling somebody you are going to take a break? We'll find out. <laughs> One Bad Mother is brought to you in part by Casper. Casper's new hybrid mattresses combine the pressure relief of their award-winning foam with durable yet gentle springs. This new innovation offers the best of both worlds, luxurious comfort and resilient support. You guys, I sleep on a Casper mattress. It is extremely comfortable. This is a very nice mattress. It comes to your house in a giant box. You open the box and the mattress sort of just like expands (laughs) around you. Uh, Make sure you're in the room you want the mattress to be in when you open that box. (laughs) You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. Get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash badmother and using badmother at checkout. That's casper.com slash badmother and using badmother at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. So, Gracie, my third grader, normally takes school transportation home from school, but she had an appointment coming up that I needed to pick her up for, and I had forgotten to remind her that morning, and I was Mm. like, this is going to be terrible, because she's not going to go to the right place for me to meet her after school, and she's going to be all disoriented that I'm there to pick her up, and she's not going to want to go to the appointment, and blah, 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 blah. And so... It, I'm like, how do I, like, tell her about this? It's not, like, so important that I should, like, call the school and have her, like, yeah. have them, like, send a message to her, like, just reminding her that I'm picking her yeah. up from school. It's like, so I was like, what should I do? And then I remembered that <laughs> we have a shared Google Photos folder. Yeah. And so I... I wrote a post-it note saying, Gracie, hi, remember that I'm picking you up at three to go to blah, blah, blah. And then I took a picture of it and then I shared it to our shared Google photos and she saw it at school. It sent her an alert and she saw it while she was at school. At her school, they're allowed to bring tablets. So she saw it and she got the message (gasps) and she hearted it so that I knew that she She had seen it. it. And it was just a... genius moment good job that is excellent job thank you my kids like to trade things and usually that works out horribly it's definitely one of those things i've been like hands off about i'm like you sure you sure you want to trade that (laughs) you know and sometimes between the two of them yeah between the two of them so like all of these beautiful polished rocks for you know the sticky pad like somebody's always not getting a good deal yeah Sometimes they are, but recently they were trying to trade two things that I thought, ugh, there's no way that by the end of the day, they're going to be happy with this trade. Yeah. There's just no way. Yeah. So I said, they're like, we're going to trade this. We're both happy. (laughs) You know, yeah, we are. We're both so happy. And I said, all right, I'm just going to lay out a new trade rule, and that is... Any trades that are done have a 24-hour rule. So if by 6 o'clock, like it was, you know, in the afternoon. So by 6 p.m. tomorrow night, you guys have to check in and see if you still are okay with the trade. And if either of you are not, you have to trade back. Even if you are happy with your trade, but the other isn't, you got to trade back. Do you under, without complaining. Do we all agree? Yes. It has actually worked out. That's genius. Really? That's so genius. Well, I'm totally going to use that. It's so I'm so happy because yeah. that's 24 hours when somebody yeah, suddenly realizes they're yeah. missing that stuffed animal or that toy. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Hot dog. Especially for kids with impulse control yeah, issues. Exactly. That are like always up for making a trade and yeah. then like they're going to have yep. buyer's remorse moments later. Oh, yeah. So good. I know. I love it. Hi, One Bad Mother. This is a genius. So... Tonight is Friday, and that means that my lefty is at work on his overnight shift, 
and I didn't want to stay home with my 10-month-old baby by myself. So we went on a walkabout at our local shopping area and decided that we wanted tacos. So I took her to the little tiny taco spot that's super hipster by myself, and they had no high chairs. But we sat and we ate tacos, and I had a margarita, and she did great, and I did great, and I'm so proud of this. So sometimes it's good to just try it and see what happens because I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but it was fine, and we had a wonderful time. You're doing a great job, and so am I. Bye. I love this. Yeah, I love it too. Because I, when I, when Katie Bell was like, you know, able to sit in a high chair or whatever. Yeah. You know, we were still trapped inside so much. Mm-hmm. And I, there we had a, you know, we had a Mexican place around the corner as well. And I took her out one afternoon. I was like, we can do this. You know, I, I can go have food. I don't have to, you know, this same yeah. shit in the house, this granola bar or whatever. And I had a margarita, and she ate an avocado, and I was just like, yeah, it was nice. I That's felt great. like a person. And yeah. I, so good job. Yeah. You can mix it up. You can. Yeah. It's okay. And, like, it's nice to remember that, like, the worst that can happen yeah. is you're like, okay, this isn't going that great. Right. We'll, we'll go. Yeah, like, we'll you go. You can just put money down yeah. and leave. Yeah, okay. take the you margarita know, like, with you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just slowly back out of the restaurant yeah. with the margarita. You're doing a great job. Good job. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. So I found in my car an invitation to a birthday party for one of Curtis's friends from preschool. And it was last weekend. Like, huh. I never, never saw, saw it, it come into my car. I don't know how it got in my car. Maybe somebody used my car to, maybe Jesse used my car to pick Curtis up one day. Yeah. Left it in the car. Or maybe the teachers just handed it to me with some other stuff. And yeah. I was like, I'll look at this later. And so I never RSVP'd. I never, nothing. Just nothing. And we, we missed the birthday party. Wow. Yeah. The universe fucking hates you. I know. <laughs> so sad. Uh, that's awful. Yeah. I'm sorry. Especially given your birthday history. I know. I know. This is... Uh, I really suck at birthdays. Really? <laughs> okay. So Ellis has started kindergarten, and something that his kindergarten class does is do this weekly outing. And it's really nice, and they all walk to a you know, place down the road for more school stuff. It's all fun. Very nice. And I have been telling him all about it Mm -hmm. all summer Mm -hmm. and how exciting it is and how I can definitely come with him on this weekly walkabout trip thing that they do. And he's excited. I'm excited. And the first day of school comes and they announce when their time slot is to do this mm-hmm. every week. And it's Monday at 10.15, which is when uh, we're normally getting ready to record here. Yeah. Very far away from... Like half an hour yeah, away. Yeah, half really. an hour away. There's day, no way. Like, like half an hour. Yeah, I can no, sneak in a little here or there. There's literally no way. There's no way. There. And yeah. I was like, wow. Wow. I now have to be like, I'm 
almost never coming with you. Yeah. <laughs> on this walkabout yeah. thing. Yeah. Sorry. It sucks. It really sucks. It really it's like, ah, I'm so sorry. I know. Hi, I'm calling with a fail. This is my kid's first week of preschool, and he seems really tired, so I thought I would put him to bed 15 minutes early tonight. And it is now 45 minutes after his bedtime, and he is still awake. So that backfired. Anyway, wish me luck. Bye. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. It just falls into, like, all the insanity yeah. around bedtimes. Yeah. And I get the theory. Yeah. I get the idea. This comes from all the people who are constantly giving sleeping advice. Right. And it just filters into our brains. So we think, oh, a little early, it'll be great. Or a little later, it'll, it'll be, be great. great. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Our children. Or maybe it'll be great one day and not yeah. the next. And or not maybe the it'll next. be not great today. But if you did it tomorrow or two right. days from now, it would yeah. work. Yeah, which way is the egg going to roll off the counter? This way or this way? Well, you're doing a horrible job, for sure. The kid's never graduating high school now. (laughs) Sorry. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Michelin Tires. Vroom, vroom! Let's talk about tires. It's back to school time, guys. Who's ready for car line? Or maybe it's not back to school time. Who's ready for daycare? Or maybe it's not that either. Who's ready to have to just go to doctor's appointments and grocery stores (laughs) in a never-ending cycle? With all that driving, we've all had the experience of having to slam on our brakes and stop fast. And we want to do that safe because we actually love all the people in our car. (laughs) When Warren Michelin Premier all-season tires come to a complete stop, some other worn tires are still traveling at over 15 miles per hour. So next time, when you're looking for new tires for the family car, consider Michelin Premier all-season tires. Michelin performance every time. Hey, Teresa. Let's call someone today. This week, we are talking to Nidhi Chanani, who is a freelance illustrator, cartoonist, and writer. Her debut graphic novel, Pashmina, was released by First Second Books in the fall of 2017. It received star reviews in the School Library Journal, Publishers Weekly, and was reviewed in the New York Times. In March of 2019, the film adaptation of Pashmina with Netflix was announced. I love it so much. She's currently working on her second original graphic novel, Jukebox, with her husband, Nick Giordano, which is slated for 2021 release. She's an instructor in the Master of Fine Arts Comics program at the California College of Arts. Welcome, Nitty. Thank you. Thanks for having me. We are so happy to have you. Before we get in to the graphic novel, I want to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is, who lives in your house? 
So it's me, my husband, Nick Giordano, and my four-year-old daughter. Ooh. How's it going? <laughs> um, well, we're on week two, back to school, and we're still crying. Yeah. It's, uh, it's rough. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not easy. Pre-K? Transition is, yeah, yeah, second year pre-K. So yeah. we thought, you know, second year, be easier. Yeah. Totally. I think part of what's hard for it, it hard for me is that I assumed it would be easier. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And so now everything is breaking that assumption, and I just want it to go. I want my assumption to be true. Yeah. <laughs> I, just want it, I really just want it to be easier. Yeah. But it's not going to be. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Maybe. At some point. At some Probably. Point. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, husband is, the husband is confident that by the end of this week, it'll be easier. And uh-huh. I'm like, I don't think ah. so. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> like a... Something you should yeah. put money yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I think that's a really great idea. Yeah, actually, you gotta bring idea. some fun into yeah. it. Yeah. I was, I've been joking recently with my uh, husband, Stefan, that I wanted to start an Instagram feed that's just a picture of me posing in some way that says, and underneath it, it would say, I was right. And you have to guess, you have to guess, like, what I was right about this time. That yeah, actually, we are Terminal B, not Terminal A at the airport. Actually, the drop-off is at 8.15, not 8.30. Like, it's dumb stuff. Like, nope, the milk is expired. Like, you have to just guess. I also, I really like this with respect yeah. to kids going to school because yeah. it's such an unknown. Like, we have... I have a kindergartner this year who's two weeks into or two and a half weeks into kindergarten. And it was almost like the opposite thing. Like we were like, (laughs) we were like, oh, this is going to be so hard. And he was happy to go like the first like seven days or something. And my sister, who used to be a kindergarten teacher, was like, well, just keep in mind that like one of these mornings, he's not going to want to go. Like be ready for that. And it's like the same. I'm like, which day is it going to be? Like, when are we going to have the day where he's like crying and doesn't want? Because I know that's coming. Like this morning he said he didn't want to go for the first time. And I was like, okay, is this going to be it? Then it was, it's like, I like the idea of just being like, nope, that day is never going to come. (laughs) (laughs) Let's manifest that. Yeah. Putting it out there, even though it's inevitable that they're going to, I think it's that, it's that tipping point of, Oh, I have to go here every day. Oh my gosh. This is what we were talking about at the very top of the show. Yes. Every Every day day requires the energy that you have to put out for the prep and the setup and the getting and the loving and the whatever you have to do. And yeah, it's just never ending. Yay. (laughs) Yay. On that note, (laughs) let's talk about something more fun. Your debut graphic novel, Pashmina. First, what I wanted, I want to have you start by just giving us like the quick narrative breakdown so people can all be on the same page with us as we get going. Yeah, I can give you the elevator pitch. Yeah. I have this like kind of down pat, although it's been been a little bit you know when you're in like the process of creating something new your mind has shifted from that thing I mean I spent four years making Pashmina so it's not like I forgot it but Pashmina (laughs) is a story about Priyanka Das um, who's a teenager in Southern California who finds a magical Pashmina and when she puts it on she's transported to a fantasy version of India and and it allows her to learn more about who she is and where she came from good job ding 
I'm going to go to the next floor with you. Uh, very good. All right. Let's start by talking more about this main character, Priyanka. So she's growing up in the U.S. She's raised by a single mom who immigrated from India. Mm-hmm. Can you talk to us about how you developed this character? And, you know, is she based on any of your own personal experiences or the experiences of people you know? So how I see at least most of my characters is the characters are based off people I know. And then I do, you know, what I think is the important character work to make them unique to the story. And so Priyanka is based off of me, although I didn't grow up with a single mom. My parents split when I was in high school. And I mean, it was heading that way for a number of years. And so to a certain extent, there is some of that similarity of, you know, kind of one absent parent. Um, and the pressure that the parent that is around feels. Yeah. And and so the mom is based off my mom, but also, you know, she didn't have that situation. She, in fact, had a very opposite situation than being a single parent. And so some, you know, those things are based off of um, our relationship to the relationship between the mother and the daughter. And then the uncles is like kind of an amalgamation of all of the uncles in my life. I had a lot of uncles <laughs> growing up. We grew up in a really big... Indian community in Southern California. So it's just like kind of this like revolving door of uncles and aunties, you know, around in our lives. So there was a lot of different people I could draw from. And then her aunt in India, based off of my mom's younger sister. So Yeah, I want to get into color next. Mm-hmm. So you use color in the graphic novel in a really interesting way. It, it starts off in black and white, and then... Once Priyanka finds this magical pashmina uh, mm-hmm. or silk scarf, you know, anybody who doesn't know, she wears it, the experiences, her experience is transformed and there's there's all this color. And so can you talk to us about the significance of color for you? So anybody who's familiar with my other works, I'm a, a, before I did pashmina, I've been an illustrator for going o- over 10 years. I lost count at 10. I think yeah. it's going to just keep referring to 10, even though it's going to go into 12 and 13. Um, uh, There's only so many numbers I can keep track of. But so I had been doing illustration for a number of years and everything kind of pushed me towards wanting to do this in full color. But as I got more and more into reading graphic novels, I started to think about how color can be utilized in a way to layer up the narrative. Yeah. Things you can't do with prose alone. And so I really wanted to have that Pashmina have that power and to communicate that power in a way that can really only be done through comics. And so having the black and white transition to color because of the Pashmina, I thought was a really powerful way to communicate um, how her life felt very average and simple. And the Pashmina brought all this, literally brought all this color. But I think also it's my relationship to, to India and to my culture. And I I mean, it's, it's something that I talk about a lot is that, you know, kind of a lot of American aesthetic is this love of beige, um, you know, (laughs) and, and this fear, this fear of color and to have that color really uh, touch her life had many different, I think, meanings. So, There are a couple of threads going throughout this graphic novel. A lot of it, 
I mean, I hate to use the like coming of age line because I think that <laughs> softens it. Because I, I mean, I really mm. think you've got, you know, this main character, Priyanka, you know, she's teenish. And we've got, you know, her relationship with her mom and her desire to know more about India and her mom's uh, hesitancy to let her know anything about India. You also have the uncle who sort of is her, it's her special uncle, right? And and he's right. about to have a baby. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's this really powerful scene where, you know, she's praying and she's like, don't take my uncle away from me, right? Like, mm-hmm. and the whole idea of, I hope they don't have this baby, Right. Right. And which is a big deal, as well as later when she actually gets to go to India, discovering that everything that she thought it was going to be, it wasn't. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's a a lot of the sort of selfishness. And I don't mean that in a bad way. And sort of narratives that I think we tell ourselves when we're young and having to face those and realize we were we were maybe wrong about them. And I you swim through those threads really, really well. And I, I guess I wanted to talk about how you chose to, to tackle those. Where, you know, what was the journey you wanted her going on here? I mean, basically, you always want your, your character to start off with these kind of, I guess, not assumptions, but these yeah. things that, that are true about them. And then there are situations that present themselves within the story that change them. They come out, hopefully, by the end of the story. Most stories have this trajectory of change, right, and development. And I think that, you know, being in teens or preteen, that time is specifically a time of getting out of that narcissism, you know, and really really starting, I mean, we're hopefully putting, hopefully. putting those, those seeds into our young kids now um, <laughs> of like stepping out of yourself and seeing what uh, somebody else's perspective is. But I do think that that time, that kind of early adolescence is, is the time where that's really taking hold. And it, I think that I had to set up a certain amount of challenges and, and um, realizations for Priyanka for her to take that step and say, I'm going to go to India on my own. Yeah. I'm going to see what this is all about. I'm going to push for this. I'm going to advocate for myself. And I'm going to find the answers to my questions, even though that might just give me more questions. But the, through that questioning, what's happening is really that she's not just understanding herself. She's understanding all the people around her, you know? Yeah, no, so. it's so good. And what I really like about it is that, even though this is her specific story, you know, in terms of India and in terms of wanting to do this trip on her own and the relationship with the uncle, this overall theme of having to step outside yourself is so incredibly relatable. I was very happy to put this in my daughter's hands. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) well, because I watch her starting to struggle with these things, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's such a, you know, I've always thought that like books... uh, graphic novels, all of it is such a great way to learn about empathy and learn about that you're not alone in so many of the thoughts that you're having, you know? Right. Yeah, it's so nice. You also incorporate Hindi words in the graphic novel, and you have a glossary at the end, though 
I, it was pretty easy to get the meaning. <laughs> Almost Good, anything. I'm glad. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, can you talk about the choice of, of making sure that that was part of it, outside of it clearly going with the family? And, but, yeah. So it's interesting because in the initial manuscript and development, I never, I never wanted to asterisk my words. And I never had a conversation with my editor. He never asked me mm. to clarify them. But right before publication, they suggested that I put together a glossary just for people who maybe wouldn't look it up on the Internet and didn't want to. And I think now kind of, you know, um, fast forwarding through my career and understanding what they were saying. Initially, I kind of pushed back and the glossary is not comprehensive. I just put, I picked out the words that I felt like really would potentially take you out of the narrative. And so I realized too that they were asking me to do something in order to keep people in the book, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. it's true. People could Google anything, right? Yeah. That comes up through the book in terms of a Hindi word and find a translation. But really, do I want somebody to be doing that in tandem of reading the yeah. book? Not really. And so I left um, some of the words I didn't translate because I felt like there was enough material there for to get figured out. But the words yeah. that I felt like were uh, maybe needed a little more clarification, I did include in the glossary. And so I do think that that was a really good choice um, to bring more people in and instead of just assuming. And also, I think I think my initial feeling was that only Indian American people read this book, which was also (laughs) at the beginning of my career and like being super scared of putting something like this out there and wondering who's going to read this. Oh, well, my community will read this. Nobody else will read this. And my publisher having the confidence to know that that was not true. Um, and so, you know, those kinds of, those are kinds of the, the, the thoughts that go through your head. Well, I'm, I'm writing to my community in a way, but also if I want to invite other people in, this is something that's important to do. I would like to wrap up on talking about the Pashmina which Mm -hmm. you use as this just amazing device to not only empower her, but really women. I mean, the history of it is this empowerment for women. Can you talk a little bit about the Pashmina and how you use it in the story? Yeah, so the Pashmina, I mean, without giving anything away. Yeah, without giving um, away too much stuff. (laughs) I mean, the Pashmina is basically, it's, I would say it's a symbol, you know, it's a symbol and it's something that is a vehicle for women to understand that they have choice and they have power in their own lives. It's also kind of a a doorway into having those conversations, having those conversations with younger, a younger audience, which is, you know, the the, um, market for the book and to really open that door to say, you know, is the idea of women's choice something that's the same in every place? Right. And how do we talk about that? How how do we not only empower each other, but find that within ourselves? And so the Pashmina is really just this, this opening yeah. of having that conversation and that conversation leading to you questioning your your own agency within your world and your life and how in order to free ourselves and to feel free um, and 
and to embrace feminism, you know, yeah. it, it starts with understanding that we can choose those things. You know, we yeah. have a voice, we have a choice. And that's not necessarily true for every situation. I know that I come from a very Western perspective, having grown up here, but there's a certain amount of, even within less powerful positions, there is a choice, there is a way, hopefully, that you can see that within your life path that you can choose to maybe leave behind some of the things that are holding you back. Yeah, I I will have to say when she goes to India and she's staying with her aunt, um, mm-hmm. the her mother's sister, I there are a couple of moments there where I was like, you you really got to see a different dynamic of the mm-hmm. role of women and the children that she is to care for and her you know, husband who's like, you can't go there. Yep. <laughs> and yet she goes. And I'm like, yeah. what's going to happen? Like, like you can feel yeah. the shift and the significance that it isn't the same everywhere, which I thought was like, you know, it just exactly like you just said, it's a great opening to that discussion, you know, with the reader. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us and for this lovely impactful graphic novel. I I just, I could not like it more. And Katie Bell, my daughter and I both were like tossing it back and forth from our bedside, you know, bedside reading (laughs) piles. Uh, That's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, and it's in my library, my local library. I'm like, there it is. Yay, that's awesome. (laughs) I do. That's wonderful. I do love it. Thank you so much, Nitty, for joining us and coming on. We're going to link everybody up to all the ways they can follow you and see more of your illustrations. And we are really looking forward to Jukebox when that comes out and the Netflix movie of Pashmina. Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Brainwaves send a message. Pick up the phone. When you like It is I, April Wolf. I'm here to take you through the twisty, scary, heart-pounding world of genre cinema on the exhilarating program known as Switchblade Sisters. The concept is simple. I invite a female filmmaker on each week and we discuss their favorite genre film. Listen in closely to hear past guests like The Babadook Director, Jennifer Kent, Winter's Bone Director, Deborah Granick, and so many others every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Tune in if you dare. (laughs) It's actually a very thought-provoking show that deeply explores the craft and philosophy behind the filmmaking process while also examining film through the lens of the female gaze. So, like, you should listen. Switchblade Sisters. Hi, I am Lori Kilmartin. And I'm Jackie Cashin. Together, we host a podcast called... The Jackie and Lori Show. Uh, we're both stand-up comics. We recently met each other because women weren't allowed to work together on, on the road or in gigs for a long, long time. And so our friendship has been unfolding on this podcast for a couple of years. Jackie constantly works the road. I write for Conan, and then I work the road in between. We do a lot of stand-up comedy, and so we celebrate stand-up, and yes. we also bitch about it. We keep it to an hour. We don't have any guests. We somehow find enough to co- talk about every single week. So find us. You can subscribe to The Jackie and Laurie Show at MaximumFun.com. 
www.thepodcastmedia.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, bye. Yay! Yay! Graphic uh, novels empowering kids I and was adults. Like, <laughs> uh, sorry to interrupt you. I was sneakily ordering the book. The book. Yeah. Good. While you were talking. <laughs> Good. It's great. Yeah. Guys, it's a really great graphic novel. It tells this beautiful story. It is so, it like so touches on so many of those like sort of sensitive places we will all wind up one day with our children as they get older. And I really related to the adults as well in the book and just like the struggles that they were having on how to navigate this preteen, teen daughter. It was wonderful. Again, Pashmina. You know what's also wonderful and often touches on the very important things we're all going through? That would be a mom having a breakdown. Let's listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, this is a rant. I'm just so fucking tired of caring what my kids eat. And if they pee in the fucking potty instead of a damn diaper, I work really, really hard trying to get my three-year-old to eat anything other than fucking chicken nuggets and french fries or yogurt, which is great, but I just, anything I try to spend time on cooking and even like hiding vegetables or whatever, he just takes one look at it and runs away and tells me he's not going to even try it. It's just so fucking frustrating. My husband doesn't give a shit that I do anything like this. He just thinks I'm wasting my time. But how else am I supposed to try to get my kid to eat something that's not from a processed freezer bag? And I know he'll eat eventually, but I can't let him starve. So that it ends up happening. You know, he eats the same freaking thing every morning. But I'm just so tired of being tired. Not, not getting any appreciation from anyone. And I know it's silly and everyone has this problem, but I knew y'all were the people to call. So thank you. I'm just having a breath morning. Thanks. Bye. You're doing a great job. And sometimes so am I. Okay. You're doing a great job all the time. Yeah, you are. Also, yeah, tough morning. Yeah. Yeah, tough all the time. Yes. I... I love you. I love you so much. I understand Mm -hmm. and relate to everything you just said. And we can fill food in with fucking anything. Lots of other things. Lots of other things. You mentioned the pee in the potty versus the diaper. That's a whole other area that we could have explored. Oh, we could have explored that deeply. We could go into like making sure that they're doing the homework every day or the the fucking fingernails, guys. No one cares that you're cutting your child's fingernails until your child accidentally Mars the face of another child when they were trying to high five them. Mm-hmm. Up until that point, no one cares. And it, it is just like my husband doesn't give a shit. Not about that, probably. Yeah. I know that feeling, that yeah. feeling of like, I, because it's really not about if your partner gives a shit or not. Yeah. It's about us in our role uh-huh. of feeling like we are the only one who's managing this. Yeah. 
that like this and is And nobody sees the importance yeah. of the work that you're doing and how hard you're working. Yeah, and it is important. Yeah. It's I mean, so important and you're doing such a good job. Yeah, you really are. Food is so fucked up. It is. And FYI, every morning Ellis eats an Eggo waffle. Yeah. Okay. It every morning right now. Every morning. Grace for dinner, eats sugar cereal as a bribe to get her ready for school. Yeah. Every morning, every school morning, she gets very sugary cereal yeah. because it's a bribe yep. to get almost, her ready for school. Almost every night at dinner, when I know Ellis isn't going to eat anything that I'm making, uh-huh. and I gave up on that a long time ago, sometimes he gets dinosaur oatmeal. Yeah. And I don't mean sometimes like once a month. I mean, we're looking at three times a week. Yeah. Three times a week, yeah. easily. Yeah. Dinosaur oatmeal. And- all of this yeah. is not to say this doesn't, so it doesn't matter no, I that hate you're it. having a hard time. Yeah. We're saying this we're is a constant struggle and yeah. we're with you. We are with yeah. you. Yeah. You are doing an amazing job. Yeah, you are. And I see you. Yeah, so do I. I see you. Yes. And it's important. Mm-hmm. You're important. Teresa, what did we learn today? We learned that Becoming a parent is so, like, insanely fucked up. <laughs> I, I can mean it. Like, it's not like I feel like I've gotten better clarity in the sense of, like, relaxing mm-hmm. as a parent. I feel like I'm just getting better clarity on how fucked up it is. Yeah. And, like, how messed up I have and, like, the part that I've played in that yeah, and the part that I continue to play in that, mm-hmm. that I let mm-hmm. be, yep. like, it is insane. I mean, the fact that any of us would ever be like, I, I wish I could be the sick one in the house. I mean, like, as simple as, like, I wish I had the stomach bug. And I've honestly thought about that before mm-hmm. because then no one would want to even be remotely near me. Right. Right? Like, they, they wouldn't. Come near me. But in reality, would anybody disinfect the house so it didn't spread on? I don't know. If <laughs> if I throw up in the woods, does anybody hear? <laughs> so it, it's screwed up that we honestly feel that the only way to get a break is to take all circumstances out of our control as opposed to just asking mm-hmm. or telling mm-hmm. you know, the people in our lives we need the break. And that part of that break is not being in charge of all the planning mm-hmm. while we're gone on the break. Mm-hmm. And to be aware of what's feeding that, where the world will not keep spinning without me, right? I am the only one who can do this. And the other sensation of, you know, I've, my, I'm getting something out of doing it, you right. know? And yeah. I... These are a lot of layers, and there's nothing wrong with getting something out of doing it, and there's nothing wrong with being so good at it that it does seem like no one else could do it. Yeah. And it's okay to feel like you don't want your kids to, like, struggle or feel down or, you know, like, I was thinking about you and the whole perfect, you know, I want stuff for my kids to be perfect, and it's an easy thing to hear and to say and to dismiss as a person saying, you know, well, you're a total psycho, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's not about the perfect. Part of it's about the wanting to avoid what I call the landmines. Right. Right? Like yeah. that. And that's for you. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, obviously we want our children to be well-adjusted and learn how to, like, handle things. But we we shouldn't dismiss that real feeling of, I just want this to be (laughs) okay. And I'm going to put the effort into trying to make it okay. Yeah. But I think also it is healthy for us to remember that, like, in avoiding having things fall apart, mm-hmm. it's important to remember that sometimes when things fall apart, we can remember that that's not something we did wrong. Right. Like, things might fall apart and that might be okay or just part of, le- like, I have gotten better at letting things fall apart when I plan for them to fall apart. And yeah. that's that's a step. But it's not the same as saying... If things fall apart unexpectedly, yeah. it's my fault. Or like internalizing that somehow. Yeah. Like it, it's it's why we do the fails. It's why yeah. because I think it is really easy for us to all feel like any failure, like any breakdown yeah. in the day is us Yeah. It's the old A no one's looking at you yeah. when you're working hard. Yeah. They're only looking at you when your kid is screaming. Right. Right. Or something's happening. Yeah. And I wish we didn't feel that way all the time. I know. I mean, you know, I just, I know. wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. I don't know how to fix it. And I don't know how to not have that feeling yeah. just given the responsibility of taking care of children. Right. And a lot of times it's easier, it is easier and less work almost to step into that yeah. role of I am the ultimate caregiver. Yeah. I'll take care of all this. Uh, yeah. While yeah. other times it's easier to step back and be like, enjoy the fall. Yeah. Right? Like both both have value if they're like helping you. Yes. I think our main point today was try to be aware of when it's not helping. Right? Like when when you are actually limiting yourself Mm -hmm. from some self-care, from Mm -hmm. some time that you need, because none of us can run at this pace all the time. Right. It's it's impossible. Oh, maybe that's it. I'll just keep running at this pace until I break down, and then I can have a break. (laughs) (laughs) New math, everybody. Everybody, you're doing... A really good job. Yeah, you are. Once again, a topic that I thought was just going to be a ha-ha throw-off reminded me that we are all walking around with a lot going on under the surface, and to be really mindful of that with each other and to not dismiss it or judge it or think that somebody's doing it at you. Everybody's carrying this stuff around, and what to one of us may seem like not a big deal— Like, well, obviously, Teresa, you're not in charge of everything. People can absolutely do that. That's not helpful because that's not the feeling experience that you're having, right? And and if I'm honest, I'm having the exact same feeling experience. And so be nice, I guess. I don't know. Smile and look pretty for me. (laughs) Um, You're all doing a fucking great job. Teresa? Yes. You are doing such a good job, and I am so excited about going to Boston with you and Hannah. Oh, my gosh. Biz? Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You are also doing such a great job, and this weekend is going to be super fun. <laughs> I can't wait. 
We will talk to you guys next week. And for some of you, that means in Boston. (laughs) Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Hannah Smith, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Well, Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, bustin' by, got low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.